Hello, and welcome to Dispel Magic, the podcast where we overthink how the magic of D&D might shape your campaign setting in surprising and unexpected ways. I'm Benjamin, game designer and writer. And my name's Dane. I'm a dungeon master, podcaster, and voice actor. We're going into the higher levels again. We're we're delving into the upper levels. Taking a dip. Taking a... Taking a climb. Taking a climb. Taking a climb. Uh, You've chosen for this week, Awaken. That's right. Awaken. I've definitely never messed with this kind of spell uh, in any campaign or any story that I've heard or anything like that. So this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't think I've gotten to see it in play, but this is again a, a situation where bards can cast this too, but it's more closely associated with druids. And I just don't know if I've seen that many druids. I, usually, I think when I see high-level casters, sorcerers, warlocks, and wizards. Because you're you're essentially granting sentience to plants or animals. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a fantasy trope. But for some reason, I associate it more with science fiction, like uplifting yeah. animals and making them intelligent. Yeah, uh, Island of Dr. Moreau kind of stuff. That's where, that's you putting humans and animals together, but... right. But you're given those animal sentience. That's true. Yeah, that's true. It's in that fiction. in that limited sense, it is like Doc, the island of Doctor Moreau, or like Quantum Leap. Yeah, or more like Quantum Leap. Yeah. Yes, Quantum Leap. But you jump into an animal body, and the guy with a cigar and the iPad. All right. Well, I'll, why don't you tell us about? I'm going to tell spell. us about it. Yeah, Awaken is a fifth level transmutation spell available to bards and druids. It takes eight hours to cast, has a range of touch, and requires an agate worth at least 1,000 gold pieces, which the spell consumes, and has a duration of instantaneous. The spell text says, After spending the casting time tracing magical pathways within a precious gemstone, you touch a huge or smaller beast or plant. The target must have either no intelligence score or an intelligence of three or less. The target gains an intelligence of ten. The target also gains the ability to speak one language you know. If the target is a plant, it gains the ability to move its limbs, roots, vines, creepers, and so forth. And it gains senses similar to a human's. Your GM chooses statistics appropriate for the awakened plant, such as the statistics for the awakened shrub or the awakened tree. The awakened beast or plant is charmed by you for 30 days or until you or your companions do anything harmful to it. When the charmed condition ends, the awakened creature chooses whether to remain friendly to you based on how you treated it while it was charmed. So, yeah, it's you're you're making friends. You're making friends. Yeah, kind of. I mean, what I really like about the spell is that it's a gamble. Mm-hmm. You know, you you're making a friend for 30 days. And after that, minimum. You, well, okay, sure. No, well, not actually a minimum because if you mistreat it, uh, what, what does it say? If you do harm to if it. If you do right? harm to Anything it, it'll, it'll end early. But I do like that, like, you have no idea when this thing gains intelligence, what its personality is going to be like mm-hmm. or anything else. So um, you have no idea or or even how it's going to take that. You mentioned before you're dooming a creature to consciousness, and that's totally true. You got um, a real existential yeah, like, shrub. Yeah, maybe not everybody... Well, is no maybe not every plant or animal is going to appreciate. Uh, like, I mean, can you imagine being the only squirrel in the world that can talk, 
and understand kind of the plight of the squirrel. <laughs> right. Who would you ever be friends with? Like mm-hmm. you couldn't be friends with those squirrels at that point. They be would be beneath you. <laughs> yeah, they would be beneath I mean, it would just be impossible to relate to them. Yeah, you're you're and neither of one world fully or the other. Right. A foot in both worlds. Yeah. Or a, the, a tail, a, a paw in both worlds. A paw in both worlds. That's a root. <laughs> or a creeper. A creeper. Is that a vine? Is that what they're going? What's a creeper on a plant? I think it. I think it's maybe, I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. a vine has to be attached to something for mm-hmm. it to be. I don't know. Probably there's a botanist out there annoyed at this conversation. If you're a botanist, please reach out and yeah. tell us how annoyed you are. Tweet at us. Tell us the difference between yeah. a vine and a creeper. Or a pawpaw. Well, we know what a pawpaw is. We know what a pawpaw right. is. Also, an awakened pawpaw. That'd be pretty cool. An awakened pawpaw tree would be pretty great. It, it, yeah. it will follow you around, give you give you its fruits. Dropping you that sweet pawpaw. Sweet pawpaw. When I s- tried to think about the expected uses of this spell, I could not figure out who is going around spending a thousand gold pieces making right. uh, a beast or plant intelligent. Mm-hmm. For, for that much money, I think you could hire somebody with like... The skills you needed for whatever task was at hand. But if you're a druid or a recluse eccentric bard, and you're already the ninth level where you can cast this spell, you've probably got the funds or at least the sources to get thousand piece gold agates uh, at the drop of a hat. And just think about like, you know, you've got a, a guard cactus. That's that's sick as hell. So you think Come on, maybe, Spike, get him. maybe spellcasters just do this as like a, to be cool? Yeah. Like just to have a thing at parties, like to be like- Rockstar bars, Yeah, my baby. friend is this cactus that we go way back. We I, go way back. This cactus, this one, Spike, Spike and I, we go way back. Well, and, and I think it's also something to, as you said, it is a fantasy trope mm-hmm. to have these awakened right. creatures. Right. Um, and- it's a way to mechanically give access to players to do this in some way, right? Because you're going to encounter some hermit who's, yeah. who's got uh, the the vines around it, their cave uh, awakened that's going to strangle you because the hermit takes care of them. And, you know, and, and players are going to want access to that. I, I think that this is, this is a great one for people who want to watch out for whatever their space is in a subtle way, in a fun way. I'd imagine with an intelligence of 10 that the the plant or animal probably isn't content to just sit there for too long, but it's still also a plant and its nature is to sit and grow. So pondering could be part of its whole deal. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess probably certain kinds of plants are fairly ponderous. Like a ponderosa pine. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, our minds went to the same, well, exact same place. Yeah. yeah, sure. Okay, but you 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 have come up with some. Well, yeah, I mean, fairly since, off the wall. So ideas. since so since I couldn't think of any expected uses, I all that was left to think of were unexpected outcomes. So, so that part was easy. The first thing is just that everything we talked about in the Speak with Animals episode applies here, just on a smaller scale. You know, because you're not gonna it, the spell cast. Uh, the spell takes eight hours to cast, requires a thousand gold piece gemstones. So you're not going to be throwing it out the way you're throwing out speak with animals and, and uh, speak with animals, I believe is a ritual. Right. So you can cast it all the time. Um, so you're not gonna be throwing it out as often, but 
when you do put it on an animal, you've got something that's so intelligent that you can give it much more involved instructions or collaborate in a way you would not be able to collaborate with an Intelligence 3 animal. You, you form a more relationship with it than, right. than like a right. training of it. Yeah. And, and so then I think it's a short step to think that maybe there's some synergy between Speak With Animals and this spell. You've been talking to this wolf pack for a while and you're going to make its lead. I mean, wolf packs don't actually have alphas, but let's just pretend for a second that they do. Perpetuate that. Yeah, idea. perpetuate that uh, myth and say, I'm going to take the alpha and I'm going to cast Awaken on it. And then the alpha is going to serve as the kind of intermediary between the wolves and the party. Now, the wolf in question doesn't lose its ability to speak with other wolves, right? I wouldn't think so. I mean, I don't know exactly what kind of language capacity wolves have in the wild. When I first started thinking about this, before I thought of wolves, I was thinking of dolphins. I randomly had the idea that I should check to see what the intelligence of dolphins are. Just on a lark, just to yeah, really I just had touch this your bases. Sense like, wait, it would be really weird if they gave dolphins an intelligence of three or less. Mm-hmm. So I looked at it, and dolphins have an intelligence of six. So you can't target a dolphin with the spell. So the thing that's closest to human, the the animal that, as far as we can tell, that's closest to humanoid levels of intelligence is not able to be targeted by the spell. How about apes? Can you do apes? I believe apes have an intelligence of three. Pretty much, I think, for the most part, the across the board, they were just like three. So really, with it. The, the designers have uh, saved dolphins from the curse of uh, self-awareness. I Well, no, I mean, dolphins are definitely self-aware already. Like, they just can't communicate with us. They have saved the dolphin from having to interact with humans directly. Right. I guess <laughs> that's maybe more the uh, more the situation here. But I also have to imagine that that is not a purposeful exclusion. Right. I would say if you're a DM and somebody in your game tries this, then I, don't know if, yeah, I don't know if let it's necessarily it fun or has any interesting consequence to not let it target a dolphin. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, too smart. Yeah. <laughs> Un- unable to. Uh, your your pirate party is not going to have this cool guide that will be able to. Well, yeah, especially since you can just them cast around. it then on anything else. Yeah. And so it's it doesn't uh, ha- there's no interesting thing that happens because dolphins can't be targeted. Right. By it. I've been running a salt marsh game, and there's a psychic lobster character that they they have in that game called Shern. And Shern can only communicate through images, psychic images. Sure. Um, Shern. And half of the fun of that is that Shern can't just tell you the answer mm-hmm. to the thing. So there's an interesting story element to that. Now, if they cast Awaken on Shern, then Shern's just like, oh, yeah, that's the armory. And then it kind of kind of uh, lessens the, the well, couldn't impact. Couldn't they cast Speak with Animals on it? I, I, I suppose so. Um, they didn't. <laughs> They haven't. Okay. Well, anyway, if for some reason you really wanted to stick with the dolphin thing, I think the next best animal to target would be elephants. Elephants have decently long lifespans. I think when I looked it up earlier, it was like equivalent to human lifespans, like 60, 80 years. Mm -hmm. They can communicate with one another and they're social creatures. So I think if you uplifted an elephant using the awakened spell... You could be reasonably certain that you could teach it things that it could then teach its herds. Yes. 
So I imagine over a, a large enough span of time, you know, elephants could be uh, the awakened elephant could teach other elephants what it's learned from you, or at least some kind of portion of what it's learned from you. So are you targeting lifespan specifically so to like work alongside humans or? Yeah. So I guess I bring up the lifespan thing just because I think it would be a little silly to target. I mean, not silly, but if you have all these options, why target like a squirrel that might live eight years instead of a elephant that's going to live 80? I mean, it definitely depends on why you're casting the spell. Mm -hmm. If the whole goal is to have a spy, then I guess it makes sense to cast on a mouse, even though that mouse is only going to live like one or two years. Right. But if the goal is to... Bridge the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I thought about this particular part, I really thought I wish that we had like a panel of animal behaviorists and neurobiologists one and day, all this one day who we'll could get tell there. us like if elephants have the brain structure to learn more complicated things. Right. You know, I don't know. Like, And also... If you became an intelligence 10 elephant, does that mean that the spell changes the structure of your brain? I, I would imagine it'd have to. Through magic, it's equal intelligence to a human, right? Average intelligence. I just don't know, though, if elephants have elephant brains naturally have the capacity mm -hmm. for those things and just they haven't developed that level of intelligence. Because I think to some extent... and. Uh, I'm saying this as if I know anything about this when I don't, but I feel like intelligence is in some ways a social or a cultural phenomenon mm. where once you've got, I mean, you know, just because you can imagine like our kids today learn how to, my, my three-year-old son knows how to count, but there was definitely a time when humans didn't know how to count. Uh, and didn't so, make them less so, smart. Yeah. So there's an extent to which equating those things is not necessarily... Including knowledge with intelligence. It's all relative. Not, yeah, right. And so yeah. I just wonder if, I don't know why it matters, but I just wondered. The kids are learning the TikTok these days and they, you know, they, they'll just pick up anything and just know how to do it. Oh, man. And then someday they could be saying that about elephants in right. your D&D &D setting. Well, if we're talking about long-lived animals, there's macaws. Macaws will live over 100 years. Sometimes tortoises will live that long. But I, I don't. I don't see them going into their communities and no, I, <laughs> I doubt that you'd have the same potential, like kind of widespread impact. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, it depends on what your, what your goals are. Right. Just having some friends. Yeah. Just having some friends, make some friends. Yeah. And you know, a, a bird would definitely be a useful thing mm -hmm. to have awakened if it, if it remains friendly to you. Hey everybody, Dane here, just wanting to say thank you for all the support you've given us through your downloads, your messages, tweets, and of course sharing the show with others. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow, along with you rating and reviewing Dispel Magic on whatever podcasting app you use. Benjamin and I would also like to invite you to pledge to our Patreon. You can vote there on future shows, receive weekly show notes, access monthly secret shows, and gain access to our patron-only Discord channel. Thanks again for listening, and as always, happy spelling. A lot of plants live yes. for a really long time. Yeah. We uh, we live in Northern California, and when Hashtag I- Hashtag spoilers. Mm, yeah. Uh, yes. 
a spoiler for our lives. So if you were going to read our autobiography and you were one of our autobiographies and uh, you're looking forward to finding out where we lived, I apologize in advance. The Dane and Ben story. Mm -hmm. Dane and Danger. The Benjamin Huffman story. (laughs) Ooh, I'm going to. Yeah. Anyway, because we live in Northern California and this spell targets plants, it got me thinking about redwood trees. I mean, redwood trees are super impressive trees native to this region. Um, If somehow you don't know what a redwood tree is, I will just tell you that they're extremely long-lived, 800 to 1,500 years old as, as as their lifespan, and they are absolutely gigantic. They grow up to 300 feet tall. And they have, I, I think I read at minimum or, or around a 30 foot diameter trunk, like at the base. Yeah. And that that's like not the maximum. Like you can get bigger than that. I think famously there was a redwood tree that you drove through. Like right. That, that was like car, like there was a uh, Unnaturally space car, carved, yeah, but yes, it was wide enough for a car that, yes, to go that, through. Like, you, there was a street running through it. So I think that's fallen down since... Has it? Since that. I, Pretty I don't sure think I went through it at one point. I don't think it exists anymore. But the point stands. I can imagine that forest-dwelling peoples, wood elves, forest gnomes, fur bogs, would really, really love to awaken a redwood tree because it's going to live a ton of time. Elves are, I think, the longest-lived race in D&D, at least according to the player's handbook, their lifespan is slightly less the lower end of the mm-hmm. lifespan of a redwood tree. So it's going to live a really long time. I mean, it's kind of, there's like a meme about how dogs are to humans as humans are to elves. Right, right. Uh, in terms of uh, the relative space. Relative lifespan. And and then there you know, are some suggestions that even the relationships between them might be similar. Elves <laughs> might have like a kind of like, uh, service animal. Right. Parentified, <laughs> like, <laughs> a- approach to their relationships with humans. But then you've got these redwood trees, awakened redwood trees, which would live even twice as long as an elf. And it made me think uh, a lot of races. I mean, elves, but fur bogs and forest gnomes have much shorter lifespans, would want to awaken one of these because it's going to protect their community mm-hmm. for, you know, generations to right. come. The nature of the plant. I feel would feed into its personality, right? So yeah, large, solemn, patient. Yeah, speaking probably pretty slowly because they grow very slowly. Everything, but I could see them also being, you know, these protectors, but also uh, record keepers. Absolutely, keeping yeah. the stories of the of the society, keeping the the living. Oral history. Oral history. The oral history of of whatever peoples they're surrounded by. And you would have like firsthand accounts Mm -hmm. of something that happened a thousand years ago, a thousand five hundred years ago. That's nuts. It's pretty cool. Yeah. If they have memories that long. Because if their intelligence is 10 and is that that the same as a human, humans' memory is... Uh, can be pretty shaky. So you'd need a pretty sharp redwood tree who has a pretty good inherent memory because it's not going to be a perfect memory, right? Well, that's where you get back into this question of what is the spell actually doing to make mm-hmm. your intelligence that high? Because we forget as a as a kind of biological process. True. That would not be happening 
for an awakened tree. They have a magic brain. Because they have a magic brain. Yeah, they don't have... They have magic tree brain. A meat brain. They yeah. have um, like a magic brain that's making them function or whatever. Made of midichlorians. Hopefully not, because that's dumb. Uh, hot take. <laughs> yeah, well... Hot, hot take from yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, so I don't know that they would have faulty memories. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that a, a, an awakened squirrel would have perfect recall, recall as much as a tree might have. I don't know, because yeah. that, that, that also gets to the question of does the spell affect animals differently than it affects plants? Because maybe it changes the brain of an animal... As written, rules as written, it d- shouldn't, right? It doesn't say that animals and plants act differently right. than each other. So I would say that if we're saying they have a perfect magic brain, mm-hmm. that well, is an intelligence of 10. I think it's a perfect. Perfect magic but... brain. Then there's no reason for either of these creatures to not be able to recall these things. Right. I mean, I think you could also... Say, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's very complicated it's because, like, elephants, you know, can remember mm-hmm. things that their ancestors did. So I would assume that that trait persists if they've been awakened. Squirrels, I don't know what their memories are, but they would have their own uh, way I mean, of doing yeah, their it. own, like, sort of set of intellectual idiosyncrasies. And so, if you awakened a bee, they could tell you what those those bee dances are all about. Right, because the bee dances tell the other bees where the the pollen is. Oh, right. that's pretty cool. You get to learn all the bee secrets you've been all those bee secrets spent your whole life curious about. Where where do they find all those great flowers? Bee secrets. Hmm. Jumping back to redwood trees. <laughs> Uh, we, we brought up the fact that they would be great historians, but I also think that because they would naturally kind of be uh, affiliated with cultures related to the woods mm-hmm. or whatever, that they'd also probably be pretty key allies to rangers and druids and possibly even be involved in the training of druids and rangers. Oh, interesting. In what way? Well, so like if a druid awakens one of these, he could teach it druidic. Okay. Like as the language that yeah. they know, being a thousand years old or more and being a plant yourself, there's probably a perspective you can give druids on the natural mm. world that no one else could. So part of the expertise of a ranger or druid, knowing the that particular biome that they have expertise in, they can take advantage of this deep knowledge. Right. Yeah. And also that redwood tree can sit down, plant itself and just observe animals for a few years in a way that druids, well, druids probably could because they can turn into animals, but rangers won't be able to like perfectly mask themselves and just sit there and so. Just take it in. Right. Very pensive. So the other really important part of the spell, especially if you think about it in the context of redwoods or or anything that lives a very long time, Mm -hmm. is that, Intelligence 10 is intelligent enough that you would also probably want to gain more skills and maybe learn new languages over the course of your life. Some That might even include eventually realizing if somebody used a spell to create me, if I learned spells, I could create more things like me. We talked at the very beginning of the episode or close to about how alienating it would be mm-hmm. to be the one, the one creature stuck 
saddled with intelligence who, who burdened can't, yeah who can't be a humanoid who can't ever fit in with them but also can't ever fit in with their own kind anymore and so this is their chance to correct that is to awaken other people like themselves welcome to my plight idiot <laughs> what well, do you want to talk about it would, yeah it would seem like a plight <laughs> except for that once an awakened plant or animal learns the spell they can just keep casting it right they can build themselves an entire society and probably then teach the others to be spellcasters as well and they got the roots they can get those agates those real <laughs> really dig down and find some agates yeah, or awaken a mole or something yeah. to just go down into the earth or or whatever come on else. man come on i'll give you some great seeds i know where the the good bugs are so we're talking <laughs> essentially we're talking about plants and animals taking levels in classes yeah now, if we had a redwood tree barbarian, <laughs> and this tree rages out, I imagine that looks like just it just falls flat and then rolls it around, just, it starts just screaming, just, yeah. and Which rolling over people would be devastating, effing terrifying <laughs> to see, like just a three hundred foot long, thirty foot around, yeah, tree spinning like its life depended on it like just rolling back and forth trashing things jumping a tree jumping (laughs) 300 foot tall tree well and uh your jumping jumping distances are based on your strength yeah so (laughs) it so you can like jump like 40 50 feet or something probably yeah, suddenly there's a forest. There's just an entire earthquake. Right. No, yeah. And that's suddenly exactly there's too, a forest outside your house. When that redwood lands, everybody else is going to fall down because this multi-thousand pound thing just hit the earth. And if it spent the last couple hundred years awakening entire forest, then my God. Yeah, it just we all jump on three and then the, they land and just the whole army gets that they're fighting just falls to the earth. Done. Yeah. Donezo. Could a could a big big bat of a campaign be Redwood Tree and Awaken Redwood Tree? Uh it, just well, pissed off Redwood Tree. It could, yes. I like them more as this kind of uh secret yeah. society or secret culture. That just doesn't really care what's going on in the rest of the world. Well, the rest of the world are ants. Yeah, and it's more interesting to me if you're trying to draw them in mm-hmm. to the to whatever the situation of the campaign is. Partly also, though, because it would be very hard to run a game. Like, how would you even run that fight? No idea. No you'd, idea. You'd have to give them... You'd have to either have the player characters become giant somehow, yeah. or like pilot mechs would be the only <laughs> way that that fight... Wouldn't be absurd to try to run. So maybe you have friendly plants that you could turn into animated mechs that that could uh, wrap themselves around the yeah. creature. There you go. Be like, come on, buddy, and they're like, yeah, okay. That redwood tree's a jerk. That's exactly. what the, that's what a plant yeah, sounds the, like. Certain plants. We're not saying all plants. So we've gotten a little off the beaten path here. Uh, although I've had some fun visuals now of this redwood fight, and I. At least want to see it happen, whether it's an enemy redwood tree or a friendly redwood tree. Mm-hmm. But overall, the point I want to bring is that this is the world-changing outcome of the Awaken spell. Right. Is that once you've awakened a certain number of creatures, it's a matter of time until one of them 
learns to awaken creatures themselves. And then you start getting these pocket societies of redwood trees. I'm thinking of cactuses in the desert. Yeah. Wearing cowboy hats and having one big cowboy boot uh, at the end of them. Just uh, seas of anchovies, awakened anchovies that are that are all... It's impossible to put to make a guess about exactly how this is going to show up because I, I think you could imagine a world where an ape gets awakened and then only wants to awaken other apes. Mm-hmm. But you can also picture a world where maybe a tree gets awakened and then wants to live in a forest full of awakened creatures, and so it's just going through and awakening all the, the animals, the all the other forest. plants. Like yeah. it's just everything there is intelligent and speaks to one another. You got a real uh, Alice in Wonderland situation yeah. going on here. That, that's the thing to put in your game, <laughs> is the Awakened Forest. And if you've thought of anything that you'd like to put into your game based on the Awakened spell, you can tweet us at DispelMagicPod on Twitter. Benjamin, where can people find you? You can find me at SterlingVermin or on the internet at SterlingVermin.com. Great. And you can find me on Twitter, Dane and Danger, at Dane and Danger. You can, you can do both. If you look up Dane in Danger, <laughs> keep going. If you look up Dane in Danger, you're going to find me in a lot of different places. And one of those places is Twitter. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again after your next long rest. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Dispel Magic. If this has inspired any ideas for your game, or you have another take on today's topic, please let us know on Twitter, at DispelMagicPod. You can find Benjamin, at SterlingVermin, and Dane, at Dane in Danger. Thank you to Slim Mittens for our cover art, produced by Benjamin Huffman, produced and edited by Dane Fox McGraw. Tardigrade. Oh, never mind. It's only up to like two years. They only live up to like two years. No kidding? Yeah. They can just go dormant for like indefinite periods of time. Right. So like, and, and survive the vacuum of space. Yeah. So if you... <laughs> Put them to you sleep? Can, yeah, like you can, you can <laughs> give them a message and then have them go to sleep for a thousand <laughs> years, wake up and deliver your message. Microscopic message. Well, maybe you created some kind of device that they exist in that amplifies their... Use uh, reduce and large. Yeah. And, and actually, because tiny, I think, is the smallest yeah. thing, enlarge increases them by one size. So you're Im- immediately making them from microscopic to a small size <laughs> yeah. creature. So it doesn't, doesn't like... How are we not doing induce, reduce and relarge, <laughs> enlarge yet? Because that's a great workaround for that. Yeah, I hadn't. Well, I hadn't thought about how like because the lower limit is actually quite large. Yeah, it means that like targeting things that are normally like an ant, yeah. like that, is now like three feet yeah. long. <laughs> <laughs>